Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, another edition of the Sea Report. We're coming to you guys live on this Tuesday evening, a little bit earlier than we normally would. We are coming a little bit normally than we early earlier than we would. Uh, we have today actually the uh, Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium taking place right now as we speak. Now, this has been an all-day event that will be streaming for 72 hours, nonstop, according to the words of Mr. Lindell. And uh, so it looks to be quite an interesting event. Now, uh, if you guys have been keeping up with what's been going on with the Cyber Symposium, you know that we've had some guest speakers. Uh, we've had um, different mathematicians as well as other number crunchers who've gone up and talked about uh, what's going on with uh, these uh, the election fraud that occurred across the board in these United States of America. Now, if you know uh, or have any idea about the fraud that has been occurring, well, then you know that um, the fraud was not limited to either the five or six most contentious states during the 2020 election coup, but uh, was really uh, something that transpired throughout every state in this nation. Uh, and so through uh, the events of the uh, uh, cyber symposium that's currently taking place, uh, they are sharing the information with uh, with the uh, people around the world. Um, now we can't. We're coming to you guys a little bit early today, uh, just because uh, all day long, Mr. Lindell has been saying that at 7 p.m. they're going to be dropping some major news. So we're actually going to uh, we're going to cover that. Uh, we ha we have not covered the rest of the symposium. Uh, I mean, it, it basically, we've had uh, we've had Mr. Lindell on the stage. Uh, the basically the entire time um, that he's been uh, that this symposium has been going. Now they did start an hour late uh, because there was some sort of cyber attack or some something that happened that caused the event to uh, to take off a little bit later than it did. Uh, we had Colonel Waldron speak. We had uh, Eduardo Bolsonaro of Brazil speak, and uh, we've had uh, we've had them going through uh, each of the states showing the big fraud versus the big truth or is it the big lie right and they're going to be like hey it's the big lie not the big fraud but anyways guys so yeah so um i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to pop this baby on the screen right now just so we can keep an eye on it kind of because currently we have two gents who are yucking it up on the stage uh while mr lindell's getting the 7 p.m getting the 7 p.m. portion ready. So now we're already four minutes past the time, but let me go ahead and say hello to everyone who's out there in the chats. Uh, we are live again on the Foxhole app, Twitch, and Trovo. And I see some of the friends there over at the Foxhole app coming in. We got uh, Just V, good evening. Liz Garcia, how are you doing? It's good to see you both out there in the chats. Um, and I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday evening. Um, yes. So, you know, okay. So because I don't know, uh, he said seven o'clock he'll be on, he'll be talking about it. Now, of course we do have some other news to go through tonight. Uh, but I did want to go ahead and cover this, uh, you know, next big thing. I mean, he's been saying it's going to be big. He's been saying, call Fox news, call people who don't care and tell them to watch it. And maybe they'll report it. He's also been calling out reporters all day long, which I think is actually kind of entertaining, uh, to see him, uh, man, but he's been there on, He's been on stage like pretty much the entire day with the exception of now. 
So see what happens. And that man needs to like, uh, you know, re-energize or go, you know, he needs to take a potty break or something. Like I was like, man, this guy's been up there all day. Hey, Book Nook, how you doing tonight, ma'am? Joan of Sark, good evening. Glad you guys are popping on in. So anyhow, we'll see what happens with uh, the Cyber Symposium. Uh, Vic Giles, welcome back. Or is it Giles? Vic Giles, Vic Giles, welcome back. I uh, haven't seen you in the chats in a while. Good to have you back, my friend. Um, but in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, let's go ahead and get into covering some of yesterday's chat recap. Now, yesterday, guys, <laughs> yesterday, if you guys were here, uh, hopefully no one got a cookie in their eye. <laughs> hopefully nobody... Hopefully no one was severely injured by a cookie because uh, we seem to have had a good old fashioned cookie fight. Everyone's tossing their cookies food fight over in the C chat. So, hey, the speak and easy. How are you doing this evening, sir? Glad to have you along. Uh, but yes, uh, 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 many thanks to everyone in the chat uh, yesterday who was tossing their gold pill cookies uh, or otherwise. We appreciate the support here at the C Report. Let me go ahead and do a, roast, a roster uh, name call, roll call, roll call. Uh, we had Ohio Kimmy, AP9889, just be looking up, just be uh, AP9889, just be Tanette Booth, Tam Growl, just be AP9889, Tanette Booth, just be Deborah Erdman, just be, just be Tam Growl, just be Deborah Erdman, Belushi, just be, just be, just be, Sean Joe, just Jules. <laughs> WC Cranop, iRobot, Weaponized Truth, Connie McKenzie, Sean Joe, Ohio Kimmy, Henry 4570, Sean Joe, Ohio Kimmy, WC Cranop, and Blonde Blue Lady Q. And uh, more, uh, most of those were, uh, most of those were cookies. And uh, thank you so much for replenishing the cookie jar and for the variety of cookie that you guys bring to the table. Uh, indeed, the variety of cookie is always, uh, it's always, a variety is the spice of life, as they say. And uh, you guys have some pretty tasty cookies. Let me tell you about that. Uh, a full stop if there's a pun in there somewhere for you guys. But now, oh my goodness, like uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the conversations that we have. Um, first off, uh, let me also do a roll call for yesterday. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit was in the house. Aureli Slock, EWB, AP9889, derailing. Just be looking up Tam Growl, Bill Tech, just fed up. Joy for Trump, Deborah Erdman, Skeeter Burke. Uh, the Speak Uneasy, Always in Texas, MacGyver, Dolphan72, Disco Ball Chaser, Sergeant Sparky, Tanet Booth, Palm, Palmer1951, David Sloan, Belushi, Connie McKenzie, Keepin' Busy, Empress Vish to you, Sean Joe, Sherry Pittsburgh, Just Jules, Joyful June, WC Cranop, PN, um, uh, Texas Gal, Connie Ketchup, Weaponized Truth, Casual GG, Ohio Kimmy, Slick Shoe, Henry4570, Big Willie, Liz Garcia, Blonde Blue Lady Q, L5SC1, or I, uh, who's actually new to the channel. Also, Slick Shoes Wells, someone that I haven't seen in the chats before. Uh, so thank you all for helping them feel at home and comfy here in the C chats. That was quite the roster for yesterday, guys. We had a whole bunch of friends hanging out yesterday, during yesterday's show, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show as well. I also want to thank you guys for the compliments on the white coat. I was actually uh, very nervous about wearing the white coat, and I still kind of am. Uh, but a lot of you guys seem pretty fashion forward and gave some good recommendations on what would go with the white suit. So, yeah, so I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, I was like, thank you guys so much for that. Um, and also, oh, yeah, I also wanted to say uh, I hope always in Texas that your grandbaby is doing well. Um, um, and uh, yeah, because I saw she dropped a comment about uh, being late because she was 
hanging out with your grandchild. And hey, I mean, there's no better excuse uh, or reason, I should say, uh, when running tardy. So hope that's uh, hope that uh, the grandbaby's doing pretty good. Uh, Belushi was in the house and actually asked, when are you going to have me on, bro? Uh, hey, Belushi, you are welcome on any time. So um, I know you're probably not in the chats right now, which is all perfectly fine and well, but I will get in touch with you, Mr. Belushi, and uh, we'll see if we can't arrange something. Now, don't forget, on Friday's episode of Mr. C in the Dark, uh, we will have guest Book Nook on. Um, and uh, we'll be talking, well, you know, I'd like to ask her a few uh, uh, questions about her show as well as uh, get some updates from a Canadian uh, resident or well, I would say Canadian patriots there in the Great White North, if that's, uh, if that's what it's, if, if that's what, if that's what she would say, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the, uh, I'm getting distracted by the, um, <laughs> by the chat right now. Let me say hello to the friends who are in chat right now too. I said hello to Jasvilas Garcia, um, uh, Book Nook as well, Jen of Sark, Vic Giles, The Speak on Easy, um, and also, let's see who else, Pilled by the Rabbit, good evening, and uh, thank you Mr. Speak for the cookie. Here's one from, what does that say? Here's one from Tiffany's Cookies. Ah, regards from the bartender. Oh, many thanks, my dear bartender friend. And uh, let's see, what else? What is going on in here? Mr. C, cabbage, not cannibals. <laughs> Ca that's cabbage. <laughs> what are you talking about, Skeeter Burke? <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to decipher that one. Uh, this, that's cabbage. That's what I think of, you know, the way they say garbage in the great Northeast. Anyways, the speaking easy, you need a ruffled shirt with that white jacket. Oh no, speak. Oh no. Uh, I'll pass on the ruffled shirt. Uh, no tunics, no ruffled shirts, no poet shirts for me, sir. Uh, that went out of style a long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, but nice sentiment there. Nice sentiment. Uh, let's see, uh, Mr. C, look, yes, I'm looking forward to the conversation too, Book Nook. And you know, I cannot believe it. Like, if you guys saw that, that technical, uh, foul that I had <laughs> on my show this past Friday, uh, and then we figured it out, uh, soon thereafter, I, you know, I, because I'm learning, well, you know, we're all learning all the time, right? So, but for someone who's been running a show for a few months, like I have, it's almost no excuse, but um, fortunately, uh, we were able to work things out. So at least, Hey, now we know what's up. We can have a dedicated show and, uh, I will definitely, uh, email you and get with, uh, get, get with you, uh, Ms. Booknook for some de uh, details and see how we can't get that set up. Maybe make it run a little bit smoother than I normally do of cabbages and Kings. Oh, not of cannibals and Kings. Okay. Oh, on cast box. Uh, yes. And while the sea is boiling hot and weather pigs have wings, Kalu Kale right? Complete today. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, Skeeter Burke's been uh, listening to my podcast over on CastBox, which Skeeter Burke actually found out for me that uh, the podcast is on CastBox. I had no idea. I know it's on, it's on a few, uh, it is on a few uh, different podcast uh, platforms and stations. Uh, so thanks for that. And uh, thanks for plugging that as well. Uh, Skeeter Burke, uh, let me see who says, uh, Mr. C, you know now when you see Skeeter Burke in the chat, what follows is probably some ADD. <laughs> that's perfectly fine, Skeeter Burke. Uh, that's perfectly fine. And that's great. And, that, you know, I love having you in the chats as well, Skeeter. Just V, thank you for the can. A drink to go with the Speaks cookies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If it's milk, it's got to be 1%. <laughs> or I will make, uh, I will be, uh, you, never mind. I'll be a musical Mr. C and you guys don't want that. Okay. <laughs> 
uh, we don't have an, I can't mute the, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to mute the mic quick enough for you guys. So anyways, sorry if any of you guys are eating or doing something that that just is totally not appropriate for. Uh, but we'll go ahead and more snoring. No, I missed it. Ah, ha, ha. That wouldn't be a snore through the nose, though. Liz Garcia. <laughs> so anyways. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Okay, cool. And let's see here. Uh, fun stuff, guys. You guys have successfully derailed me from the uh, from yesterday's chat recap. Let's go ahead and pop back into that uh, real quick, and then I will return to you guys. And you know, Mike Lindell's supposed to be on at 7 p.m. with like breaking news, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that, guys, because uh, I'm waiting to see whether or not he will pop up. Um, okay, let's see here. Oh, you know, because they had that. They had like a. They said it was like a cyber attack or something that happened earlier on today, and then. Um, uh, interesting enough, I was <laughs> interesting enough. I was looking at, uh, well, I just had like one of those search pages open and they had like a weather map and, uh, they're in South Dakota right now for the cyber symposium. And there was like some severe weather that it looked like that was going to be running through South Dakota. So I was like, wow. Uh, and of course, when I went to go look at the South Dakota weather map itself, cause I'm like, well, what else could they do? You know, they could do a natural disaster, I guess. You know, if uh, if they can't uh, they can't um, uh, successfully uh, derail the cyber symposium that they had, uh, they had an hour delay, and then they also had Dominion slap two lawsuits. I think one on OANN and one on someone else uh, because I guess they're trying to intimidate them. Still, of course, they're trying to do whatever they can to get uh, to keep this information from coming out. But um, uh, the Patriots shall press on. It seems the Patriots shall press on. So uh, let's see where we left off with uh, Belushi. I will get with you, bro, and we will uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll get you on the show. I think it would be really interesting to uh, pick that man's brain. Um, let's see. Nobody is talking about the nursing home death scandal, says MacGyver. Only the sexual harassment. Just V says apparently her own family, uh, her family owns nursing homes. Uh, so we're talking here about, uh, of course, what's going on with uh, uh, the former governor of New York. Um, that's uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo. Um, and that was actually breaking today that he did resign. And yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We will be talking about that a little bit later on in the show, as well as his top aide, Melissa DeRosa. Now, um, like uh, Just V uh, pointed out here, her family owning nursing homes, um, she uh, she has, well, we are going to talk about that later on as well, but uh, she has uh, two family members that are top lobbyists for the Greater New York Hospital Association, um, and they made a lot of money out of these uh, nursing home uh, COVID. So we're actually going to revisit that entire case, and we are going to talk about the scandal um, uh, particularly since, you know, they both resigned, uh, DeRosa before um, uh, Cuomo, resigning from their positions in the state of New York um, will make some very interesting conversation. And, you know, because with this happening, uh, it, you know, I, it really it really begs the question, at least in my mind, as to whether or not um, uh, they will actually end up moving forward with doing some type of investigation into the nursing home COVID-19 death scandal that rocked New York City. I mean, they had 15,000 families who were affected, 15,000 deaths. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that there may have been more. Uh, but, you know, um, at least if that comes to the front, uh, uh, we can begin to also look at, um, you know, the other states who are involved. And uh, that is something that needs to be addressed specifically because, I mean, aside for justice and also for peace of mind for those who were affected, 
by the scandal, um, but also because uh, uh, President-select Biden's DOJ has opted not to do any type of investigation into these nursing home death scandals. And one has to wonder why it is that they made that decision or whom it is that they're trying to protect. Um, but we'll find out and we will get, and so we'll just refresh everyone's memory on it because uh, we did run this story actually back in March here at the Sea Report, uh, whence we talked about, uh, you know, Nipple Rings Cuomo and DeRosa, because at that time, uh, Melissa DeRosa's top eight had actually thrown him under the bus um, when this was really starting to get heated up uh, in, in a phone call with a group of New York uh, Democrats. Uh, she apologized for not giving the entire information about the deaths. And uh, that definitely uh, pricked the ears of all of those Democrats involved because they're basically, she was like, well, we're sorry, we're making you look bad politically. And uh, from then and thenceforward, uh, they basically been trying to get Cuomo out to resign. Uh, now he's looking at possible impeachment. Uh, even, even after his resignation, he's still looking at possible impeachment uh, to keep him running again, to keep him from running again for governor. Like who would take him back? Uh, but anyways, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, guys. We'll refresh our memories about the entire COVID-19 death scandal. I mean, the, the basic bare bones of it is pretty is pretty easy to, to um, you know, uh, grasp. I mean, it's not it's not hard to understand that he passed a uh, he passed a resolution or a mandate, um, a, an advisory uh, that stated that, uh, you know, they were to take back patients who had COVID and or were recovering COVID into congregated care systems such as nursing homes and rehabilitation centers. So we'll see how that goes, but let's go ahead and uh, finish up with the chat recap. Um, we also talked, oh, we had Tanette Booth talking about uh, her governor over in the state of Washington. Um, they, she said that it, uh, their mandate made it sound voluntary to the elderly back into the homes. Uh, governor Inslee is uh, the name of that governor and um, that, that he will most likely get away with it. Uh, so again, that's a shame, but you know, we'll, I mean, as this unravels, we'll see what happens. Uh, people have uh, been constantly saying that it's going to be a hot month in August. And there are a lot of things indeed that are going on. You know, Cuomo's resigning. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, uh, uh, Victoria Jufri, who uh, is now pressing charges against uh, Prince Andrew. Uh, so that's coming up. Um, uh, an interesting an interesting perspective was presented to me in regards to uh, the senator from um, Arizona who's been arrested and forced to resign because of his, uh, his tendencies to abuse children. Um, which is uh, which brought a totally different perspective uh, when someone had shared with me that that would basically take away the Senate's majority uh, if if he gets replaced by a Republican, um, and that will uh, be much to the um, that'll be much to the headache of someone like uh, Heels Up Harris um, or uh, you know what the hell Harris is we like to call her. Do we like our nicknames here at the Sea Report? We love our nicknames. Okay. Um, let's see what else do we have from yesterday. Oh, Empress Speech to you shared with the... Oh, here comes Mr. Lindale. Okay, guys, let me go ahead and uh, he's standing up. I'm going to put it on low. We're seeing across the country as a boat trafficking organization. Okay, much like Ooh, a drug trafficking Sounds like they're having a really interesting yes, so conversation. I had drug traffickers that were out there, and I knew who they were. Mm. I knew who they were. They thought they were never going to get caught. We also... And sometimes they were trafficking drugs for more than a year before we had our case. Interesting. We've been operating for the past nine months waiting for something to happen to build that case. 
So what I can tell you is at the end of the day, in my case, okay. we got the let me mute him real quick so I can catch up with you guys. And then uh, we'll go ahead and take a look at it. Um, good evening again, everybody, and welcome to the Sea Report. We are going to run this uh, segment of the Cyber Symposium uh, that Mr. Lindell has been talking about all day long. He said at 7 p.m., be here, be here, be here. And so we are here, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. Okay, uh, let's see real quick. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yes, we might snore again. Uh, I got to pack my trip. Oh, just uh, speaking, he says, I got to pack for my trip tomorrow. I'll be listening to in the background. Awesome. Have a safe trip, Mr. The Speak. Uneasy. Nope. Lindell's talking. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up with you guys. I was watching Frank's speech this morning. It went down exactly at 9 a.m. Uh, anonymous 1299703. Hi, Mr. C and all. Uh, where are you streaming the symposium from on this Foxhole channel? We're streaming it off of frankspeech.com. Um, and then uh, I, I am aware that RSBN is also streaming this as well. Grafted in, welcome. AP9889, welcome. Okay, he's talking, so I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to be able to, let me see what he's saying. Let's see what he's saying. Uh, it's just what we're talking about today, but they're going to come out here in a little bit and tell you what happened before, you know, why was their office raided? Okay. And uh, there's, there's, there's things there's a lot of complications now in this. So when they come out, um, we're, I'll, I'll wrap it at the end. But what you're going to hear right now will be right up to this point. Because now, after what happened, we don't know what what kind of why they did it, what they did, the ones that raided her. Who got raided? What I'll probably end up doing, I don't know. i got to make a decision here. And they are, too. They're back there with the... With the um, a lot of people, but uh, it's a scary situation. It's what everybody gets in and they're going, you know, they're doing their job. And then all of a sudden yeah, they take over within fear, put the, put the fear into them. And we know this just, it just happened. You guys were going to hear some, you're still going to hear. It's all over the news now, but you're going to hear from them. But I will tell you, because I have a red team here, this is kind of a godsend. When they're done talking, that red team is going to be doing stuff here, which they're protecting all of these these people that came. And they're going to be, on the, it'll probably be Thursday, there'll be a second part of this that's even bigger. But right now, they're getting ready. Um, and uh, I'm going to let them, when they get up here, I'm going to let them tell the story, because I just had to hear it in the back. Something and, happened. Um, Sorry, guys. You know, what timing? Isn't it the timing? They're on a plane here, and this happens, you know. Something happened. Um, this is what we talk about, the media. And this is the media. And this stuff broke in the media, and you're going to hear it, um, a social media site. And then and then the media, and then all the media, <laughs> they, this is what we're fighting, everybody. They almost didn't want to come up here. They almost didn't want to come up here. And I'm in the back going, you know what? Where does it end? Where does it end when you can attack people for no reason? They didn't do anything other than they wanted to, you know, help out this country. I'm like, it's got to stop now. I'm back there. And I'm back there. And they were going, no. There's people back there going, no, you shouldn't go on. You shouldn't go on. But they're coming on. 
There's, there's millions and millions of people watching from around the world. I said, this is your protection. If everybody knows they're going to do it, you can't count on being tech protected by the law anymore or by the care. You cannot count on it. They take you to they take you to court. They take you to court and sue you like dominion and put fear into people. This is horrible what's going on. We it's gotta stop now. It's gotta stop now. These are politicians. What what you're gonna hear is involved this I believe it involves the Secretary of State, but I'm gonna it involves the state of Colorado. So today, you're going to see it. They're coming on. But I just want to tell you, I, I, I sat back there. I said, no, you need to come on. Your protection is everybody got to hear it. It's kind of like one of those things. It's too late to close the gate. The cows are out of the barn. You know, if you, and you know what? We didn't have that. We didn't have that before. Like my pillow, when my pillow, when I put it out as an infomercial, it went big right away because it was on all the media, right? Well, here, anything we put out, I told them in the back, whatever they did this, wherever they're doing this, it will get suppressed in the news or you'll be fear of getting sued or something. That's what it is, or fear, or, or worse, or worse. This has been going on since the election in this country. Threats, you know, Dominion doesn't just take people to court, you get threatening letters. The first letter I got from them spelled, sounded like a mafia letter I used to be back in the day when I owed football bets to the mafia. Stop talking or else. You know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, or you're going to sue you, I go, else what? But they're getting ready, they're talking, they're getting ready. And uh, you guys ready? 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And I just wanted to tell you, because I know the expectations were here, but this is even bigger news. You're going to see it's all over the news right now, but to get on the way here, your office gets raided. I mean, and I don't, and I don't know the whole story. I just heard there. I don't even know what story's out there in the news. I just know they were coming here to tell, to tell quite a bit, and it was. I know the whole thing, but now we do need to get one thing where it's fortunate we have a red team here. Remember, Colonel was up here, the red team. Well, what you're going to hear is we're going to, we're not going to just go, oh, I'm in fear and I'm not going to go out there and tell the world. If, you know, we can't do it anymore. So that's right. This is what, this is what, uh, oh, here we are. We ready to go? All right. Come on out, everyone. Exciting. <laughs> I'm trying to get you laughing a little bit, Texas Cam. <laughs> they're very brave. Thank you. And why don't you guys? I'm just going to let you tell the story. Who would want to start? I'll start, I guess. Uh, I'm Sean Smith. I'm a citizen and veteran. I'm from Colorado. And uh, I've got a lot of questions for our election officials, but they don't like questions. They refuse to answer the questions. In fact, we have a secretary of state who is drunk with power, who makes decrees like the kind that no third party election audits are permissible in the state. She makes them emergency decrees 
And when we query her in accordance with state law, Colorado Open Records Act, for the basis of her declarations that they're forbidden, she refuses to answer in violation of the state law. We had over a thousand citizens submit comments to her hearing, which she refused to separate from the general rules hearing. They had three hours of citizen testimony, cut it off. There were still 50, 60 citizens waiting that entire three hour period. She canceled the next session where they were supposed to hear the rest of those hearings and just proceeds with the hearings. Our Secretary of State is lawless. And at every turn, she appears to be attempting to prevent citizens from determining what is true in Colorado elections. There are elections. Everything that can be destroyed by the truth should be destroyed by the truth. Mm -hmm. And Jenna Griswold is in between mm -hmm. citizens in Colorado and the truth. That's right. Thanks, Tom. Colorado is not lawless. We the people have had enough there. And we have found one elected official who's willing to stand up to the state and do what the people are asking. And that is to protect our vote. And so our clerk of Mesa County is here with us today because she took that on and took it serious. She was not a politician. She was a business owner. And her job was to defend our vote. And that's why she's here tonight. So I, I want to just encourage you guys to, to hear for just a minute what's happened in Mesa County. Um, this has been a light of the state. We've come under incredible duress due to Jared Polis, who is the governor of Colorado, and the overreaching, overbearing Jenna Griswold, Secretary of State. She is punishing us. She's weaponizing her office against an elected official who is doing exactly what we elected her to do, and that is protect us. So please help me welcome my friend and uh, an amazing patriot who is doing exactly what she should be doing in protecting and defending the vote. Clerk and recorder, Tina Peters. Thank you. When I started having citizens come to me and tell me that something didn't seem right, something didn't seem right in our local uh, city council elections, something didn't seem right in our county from years ago to the 2020 election, and they wanted answers. And I said, you know what, if there's a there, there, we'll find it. And I've made that pledge to the citizens of Mesa County and all over Colorado that the people elected me not the not the secretary of state uh, she has come into my office several times already in the last two years since i've been the elected official because i'm i am a republican i'm a conservative and she's not and she weaponizes her position to uh, attack people that disagree with her and so i'm not i mean my son who uh was a navy seal for nine years um, I, a lot of that blood runs through our veins. <laughs> Tragically, I lost him four years ago in a, in a very tragic accident on duty. And uh, but you know what? When you've gone through, when you're a cancer survivor and you've gone through losing a 27-year-old son, there's not much people can do to you. Right. Right. <laughs> So when the people came to me and they said, can you help us? Can you help us find something? And I said, if you bring the information to me, I'll look at it. 
And I think that's what we all should do, right? Don't just turn a blind eye and say, well, you know, I believe this or I believe that, but really look at it. And because of that, I've been persecuted. They've tried to take over my elections office because Mesa County election in Col or Mesa County is on the uh, Western slope of Colorado. And we are the last bastion of freedom in right. Colorado. So we would be a big jewel in our governor and our secretary of state's crown to take over my office and control the way you vote. How do you like that? At least the, at least the outcome of that vote, right? Dr. Frank? Yes. So, so we have, we have listened. I've listened to people. They send me things all over uh, and I've looked at it objectively. And uh, there's some discrepancies there that I cannot de deny. And I tell people, I say, I can't unsee some of these things. If I'm gonna be honest with the people in Mesa County and in Colorado and with all of you, I cannot unsee some of these things. So I'm willing to put myself out there. I've been attacked, slandered, everything the, uh, the media can do to me. Um, just yesterday, I got an order from the Secretary of State that she was going to invade my elections department today. And guess what? When I was on a plane to come see you kind folks and to talk to you out there, guess what they did? They provided a search warrant and raided my office. We don't know what they were doing in there because for several hours, they wouldn't even let my chief deputy clerk, who is the acting clerk for Mesa County when I'm absent, would not even let her observe what the Secretary of State and Dominion were doing in my office. Alone for several hours in the voting room. Alone. Alone with no one that knew anything about elections watching what they did. But they did do this. After several hours, they allowed my chief deputy to come in. And they go, oh, look at this. Look, look, see, we found this, this, this. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they did. But I can tell you that I don't trust them. Because I don't trust them, we are, we're going to find out exactly what's going on. What was, uh, what was the thing on, uh, I thought you said there's something about some passwords that's out in the news. Oh, yeah. So we I'm, need to talk about that passwords. It's out in the news, all over the news now. So I've been accused of passing down or allowing someone to uh, expose our passwords in our elections office. And these just happen to be passwords that only the Secretary of State has. As a matter of fact, when they were in doing this trusted build in my office, they told me that we're, I'm not allowed to have those passwords and only they are. And so I question that because we have passwords to get in our system. Why do they have passwords I can't have to get in the back door of my system? Why is that? What do you think? I don't know. That's a question that we need answers to, and we're going to find it. I don't know if the Colorado Secretary of State knows anything about elections at all. But if she does know anything, she ought to know her own passwords. So, so up until that point, my understanding is the social media post of the passwords wasn't associated with Mesa County. So the Secretary of State did two things. One, she told the world those are Mesa County administrative passwords or BIOS passwords. And then she asserted that the county clerk might have released them. And she let all the media run with that. But she knows those are her staff's passwords. And if you think that the left doesn't love stirring the pot, wow. They have been harassed. They've been violently threatened. The Secretary of State of Colorado has opened up Mesa County to incredible uh, reproach throughout the state. 
Uh, the, the people are concerned for their own well-being now because of these radical actions that the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, took. She could have called. She could have done something beneath the radar, but that's not what she chose to do. And that's the question is why? Why are they acting in this manner and drawing all of this attention and, and even saying criminal charges? They're looking at criminal charges when nothing's been done, as been pointed out here tonight. And their intimidation. They, they, they try to intimidate and bully. I had to send my staff home yesterday. I said, take your laptops and go home. And because the calls were coming in after General Griswold uh, put out a press release, that was the first I'd heard of it. Nobody gave me any warning that there was something something wrong or that they felt was wrong. I had to send my staff home because of the hateful, hateful uh, outpour from people. Uh, they did a press release? I mean, they did a press release? Did Secretary, Secretary of State. State. Secretary of State's office did a press release. Are you kidding me? You mean the media would go along with this and wouldn't ask you anything? That's what's up with that, huh? The news. Remember what we're fighting for here? We're fighting to get past the fake news and the news that they're using. This, she came and raided her office on the way here. And I mean, and the news, you know what it'll be? We'll, we'll wait and see, because we're going to call them out like we've been doing all day. This is the this is the hill to stand on is our First Amendment right of free speech and getting past the media. They can do anything. People can commit crimes like the Secretary of State probably did. Doesn't seem suspicious. But who who could cover up better than the media? That's right. That's right. I know there are decent reporters. I know there are. I've heard some of them. If you're a journalist, I beg you, stop doing your job for a minute and do your duty. There, yeah, huh? Do your duty. Do your duty. That's what we've been talking about. If you're a journalist tonight, maybe you sit and pray about it. Sit, get on your knees and pray about it. You owe your duty to our country. Ask, ask Clerk Peters. Ask Clerk Peters if the allegations are true before you publish them and put her staff in jeopardy. And the Secretary of State knew she was doing that and did it anyway. She could have called. She didn't. Ask the Secretary of State whose passwords those are. And if, if they're not the clerks or her staffs, if they're the Secretary of State's, then ask her, did your staff release the passwords or are the systems insecure? Which is it? Colorado claims to be the gold standard for voting and for voter integrity and voter outcomes. I think this is an incredible example of the opposite. How did her passwords get out to the public? She can't even answer that. I, you know, what's interesting about Colorado is the same thing that's interesting, amazing across the country. We're all gathered here, all across the United States here for one reason, to get to the truth about what's happened here in America. Because under this communist regime, we're all suffering. In Colorado, in Colorado, we are a red state. We know we are. And there are amazing people who are out there. They are verifying this. They're going door to door. They're doing the work to prove that our elections were stolen. Yes, that our elections were stolen and we're not letting these politicians dictate our lives anymore. They've taken everything from us. And and uh, I want to say something too. Be, remember I said when I came out here, we have the red team we happen to have here. Okay. So we're going to come back on Thursday. Now this is just a side thing. And we will find out why they raid your office. Stay tuned for Thursday because uh, I asked them if they wanted a day. They want to make it two days. And it's disgusting what, they, what they've done. 
It's horrific to our country. This is what we're living. This is lawfare. This is lawfare. This is fear of going to jail. You haven't done anything. This is fear of standing up for our country. This is fear of even speaking. Even speaking. Look what's happened just here to put this out today. Does everyone see a pattern today? It started out here. We get attacked by three different things. And I have back up to back up to back up to latest an hour. Okay. Then we get hit jobs come out by the media. I read them all. We attacked them all day. Called out their names. One of them was here. And I was like, why don't you come up here and say it on stage? And he went. He cowered left. He left. Okay. And then, and then you have, and then you have all the media out there, the narratives they have. And then you have this. They knew. They probably knew the story we had coming in. And they, they're on the way here on the plane. And they raided your office. You know, this is. Yeah, uh, well, it's going to be Thursday because uh, we do have a red team here. And you can't, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons for what we're going to do. Yes, sir. The Secretary of State's office is the one that issued, Jenna Griswold, which is the one that issued the demand. And um, got law enforcement come in on, on trumped up charges uh, without my being able to defend myself. We're not sure. Yeah. No. No, it was, no, it was, a, a, well, I wasn't there, so. Um, she wasn't was, there. It was a DA uh, person and uh, trying to think. Yes, I guess, what there, a, what, you know, this is it. Yeah, what a wake up call though. All of you politicians are the representatives. We have 47 states represented here. Yes, that's awesome. No, that's 47 awesome. states represented. These are the, you guys are all you guys are all the patriots here. You still to come here for your state. You're not afraid that they put a camera on you. Your CNNs, you know, Fox ain't here, but you'll see this and put a camera out here so you live in fear. You guys bravely came. You bravely came here because you know what? A lot of you probably had fear going, oh, if I come there and be seen there, you know, I'm going to be a target. We can't, you know what? When there's 50 million or 100 million or 200 million or 300, we can't all be targets then. You know, you can't all be targets. That's why we got to get out the word now and not live in fear. The more we tell, the more we tell to the world what's going on in this country. What went on? This was an attack by China on our election. Communism has took over. We skipped right over socialism. And then you have these bad actors. A lot of Secretary of State. This is just an example. And we're going to Thursday will be big. But I'll tell you, look at Brad Rassenberger. I could say that. You know, look at Brad Rassenberger. You got, we got a list of it. These are the people, these elected officials. Well, how do you think they got elected? It probably wasn't by us. Probably by cheating, by hacks, by cyber. George Soros, we got that movie. By the way, if everybody missed a movie earlier, we're going to play it one more time a little later. And then, because that movie needs to be sent out worldwide. Did you guys see that yet? I mean, it's amazing. Yes. But tell us more about the yes. Secretary of State and your state. 
Well, I mean, Gateway Pundit just released a story letting us know where all of her funding came from. Would you like to know how Jenna Griswold was, her election was paid for? You know, it's Soros as always. They are planting and positioning people. And that's why this is so important that we get to the bottom of the voting. We have to know and understand what's going on with the voting systems in every state because they're taking over, the progressive leftists are taking over our states by stealing our elections. And if we can prove it, we have to prove it. We have to do what's necessary to get it out to the public and get it out to the forefront. We have 64 counties in Colorado and we have one clerk who would stand up for us and who would fully investigate. And you know, you, you can never know what the fallout is gonna be of being brave and coming forward. But what else is there? What else is there? This is what we've got. And we've got to protect what we have. It's our obligation, it's our duty, as Colonel Sean Smith said, this is what we have. And we have to stand or we will lose it all. And that's not being dramatic anymore, is it? No, it just it's takes like one. By not being able to communicate to because of the media being the worst blockers. And, uh, uh, they're, the, they're the enemy of the people too, the media. The bad media, they know who we are. We know who the good ones are. But there's very few of the journalists in this country. You know what? We'll see what the headlines are going to be tonight. We'll find out, gee, you're, you're talking about this raid. How do you think they're going to twist it? You know, we'll have to wait for that to come. Is it already in the news? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's already, the news is Probably, Oh, yeah. They, they Somehow they always know ahead of time. It's amazing. Yeah, isn't that some? It's amazing. They probably know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just Let's a minute. Well, they already got the narrative wrote up. That's right. Oh, seriously. Fold gate or dust gate. I, I mean, my, my stuff that I have, as you can see those packets going by, it's all about the cyber attack, capturing all that data on the election. And these guys brought me this on, on January 9th. All the other stuff, there's so many other things that went on, but I have stayed hyper-focused on it because we already have the evidence. This is what you need to know, everybody. We already had the evidence. They had the evidence in November, December, but we didn't have the evidence we needed. We needed to get rid of the, the machine evidence. And we needed to know this cyber attack because if we had evidence for other stuff and it flipped states the election, it didn't matter. We wouldn't be where we're at right now. Remember, we got to get rid of the machines, melt them down, make prison bars out of them, and we got that's it. We do. So. Yes, I remember you. Come on up. Come on. Good evening, everyone. I'm Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase. I'm a second-term state senator. Out of the folks back home, I am the only legislator from Virginia here. 
And I know that there are many of you who are legislators here as well. And I'd ask you to stand at this time so maybe we can connect later today. If you're a legislator, can you stand up? Thank you. So what I want to tell you, what I want to tell you, there we go, is um, so I'm in session right now, and I am skipping. I, for six years, I've never missed a day in the Senate. For six years. And I chose to come here because I believe that your heart is in the right place as a small businessman. And let me tell you something. Um, Mike Lindell has put his personal fortune on the line. He's been attacked, persecuted. I don't you know I have been too, but I'll tell you that later. And so we've got a band together, and I've never been more encouraged to be here because, like I said, in Richmond, we're in session right now. They have, I'm just, and I got censured in the Senate for saying this. The 2020 presidential election was stolen. And then I had the audacity to go to the January 6th Stop the Steal rally to stand with my president. Yes. I was cited for being an insurrectionist by three Republicans and the rest of the Democratic Party. They stripped me from every last one of my committees. They put me in the corner. They built a plexiglass wall around me on the floor of the Senate Shaming. because I refuse to wear a mask because I think that's socialism. They have stolen the House, the Senate. I live in a Marxist in a Marxist state right now, and I'm pissed. I'm one of those moms in 2015 who got really pissed off and ran against an establishment Republican, a rhino, and I won. <laughs> but let me go back to, they're in session right now packing our courts. And that's what they're gonna try to do in your legislatures next. They're gonna steal, they're gonna steal your house, your Senate, your governor's races. Then they're going after your courts. They're doing that today in Virginia. And I left the floor of the Senate and by the way, I want to thank um, Josh Barnett and David Jose for, and Heather Mitchell for helping us because I actually, uh, Wendy Rogers, State Senator Wendy Rogers and Sonny Borelli um, hosted my team in Arizona when they were doing the audit and they were teaching us how to submit notices and affidavits. Well, guess what? Here's some good news. Yesterday on the floor of the Senate, because the governor called a special session, I decided I'd take advantage to let them know that I wasn't real happy that they rejected my budget amendment for $70 million out of the $4.3 federal dollars of our taxpayer money they were spent. I figured, you know, $70 million is nothing, right? For restoring our integrity in our elections and the confidence of our voters. They would not even accept my budget amendment. And so during the conference report, I said, well, I think you're missing something here. We're missing a $70 million budget amendment by we the people and the people of Virginia. 
not legislators, we the people. They gave me, they drove to my house the night before session, brought me 4,000, over 4,000 notices and some affidavits, and I had those with me on the floor of the Senate yesterday. And guess what? Guess what? Here it comes. Here it comes. So I let, I gave them a courtesy. I said, I have a big surprise for you today. And so I served during session yesterday, 4,000 notices and affidavit, some affidavits to the Senate of Virginia and is recorded. It is documented online in Virginia, virginiageneralassembly.gov. You can go see it there. Washington Post was there. Richmond Times Dispatch was there. All the media, they sit right in front of me on the floor of the Senate. And I told them yesterday, we, we actually went, before we got on the plane yesterday to come, I said, tomorrow and the rest of this week, they're gonna be meeting through Wednesday. I'm not gonna participate in your packing of the courts and people are gonna know that I did not participate in this because I'm gonna be in South Dakota with Mike Lindell. Thank you. But what I want to say is this, I want to thank Dr. Frank because he's come to Virginia and been on some of our calls. We have a, in Virginia, we have a call that we, that I spearhead twice a week to bring all of the grassroots leaders in Virginia to discuss what we're going to do and to put together the evidence. But I want to encourage those of you who live in a Democrat trifecta that you can still do something. You've got to mobilize the people just like the left did all during the last summer with all the rioting and the looting and all of that. And we must demand every single state across the United States of America, we have seen what they have shown us today. We have to have a forensic audit in every single state, every single one. Senator, you're, you're exactly right. And Senator, I just want to say, the people of Colorado are demanding a forensic audit in Colorado. So it's not a shock that the Secretary of State has chosen to weaponize her office. She, you know, when you talk about the election rules that are creating these Democrat states, mail-in ballots automatic, automatic voter registry. Uh, we have over 5,000 dead people who voted in Colorado. We have 25,000 people who don't live in the state of Colorado who voted. Um, we have new rules saying that we can't have outside audits that only the Secretary of State can audit her own yeah. self? Since when do we trust the government? When do they ever audit themselves? When do they ever tell themselves, no, it's never happened. There are other foolish rules that come into play, being able to print off your own ballot at your own home. I'm sure that's gonna go over real well. I, I feel uh, that this is gonna be a very integral election the next time around. We believe that these people are creating rules to cover up what they've already done. And Virginia is such a great example of that, full of amazing conservatives who've been robbed of their birthright of freedom there. It's the home of our nation, Virginia. Do you know, do you know when you bring up there, you brought up how many dead people, so say that again? Over 5,000 dead people voted in okay. Colorado. Now let me tell you this, we've talked about this all day, everybody. What does that prove? 5,000 dead people didn't vote. They both, they used, they needed them for the 2010 census report for the cyber hack from China. If the Dr. Frank proved down there that you can do in every single state, if you get, what do you need to get? The registration voter rolls, right? That's when right. he started out getting them, everybody could get them. Do you know now try and get it from your state, from your secretary of state? Exactly. They can't. They blocked it. That's right. They blocked it. 
So you, when you talk about dead people voting and all this stuff, every single thing proves one thing. Of course they didn't vote. You think one person went out there and said, filled out 5,000 things? It's because of the world we're in. Cyber forensic, cyber attacks, that when you can take a, you can take anything. You can go take a, the pipeline thing. You can hack into credit cards, they can get money. Hack into businesses, they can get this. But you know what? When you take an election, you take everything in one grab. That's right. Because you know what? If we'd have waited any longer, look what's happened to we skipped over um, socialism, right to communism. Every day that goes by, you're seeing stuff getting done that doesn't help anybody in this country, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And they're taking our country and destroying it piece by piece and as fast as they can. It's like we're in a race. We're in a race. That's right. And there is no 2022 or 2024 unless we address 2020. That's right. So I, I was, I was. And then wondering. I want to say this: all the all the politicians, like all of you, you know, when we, when one thing I learned when I, for my, for me, getting, you know, I got to meet. I wasn't in politics. Being an ex addict. You know, the summer of 2016, we heard the story. I met Donald Trump in a, a private meeting. But I'll tell you what, I didn't think politics affected me. I really didn't back then. Of course, I didn't pay attention. But you think of it, it affects every single thing we do. They can make the new rules, and it's over. It's over. But I have met, out of all the politicians I met, and I met on both sides, Republicans, Democrats, it didn't matter. People that are even in government that aren't even elected down there. And here's what I have found. 99% of them, it's, it's a high number, either have a party agenda or a, a political agenda or a personal agenda. And that is that is bizarre. I mean, I can count on two hands, including our great president, Donald Trump, that he, he had one agenda to help our country and people, all people, all people. So when we get this election fixed and we melt down those machines and make them into prison bars, when we get this election pulled down and get that righted, then from that point on, not only are you going to have the best elections here and in the world, but we're going to elect we're going to elect politicians that have the people's back. Amen. You know, real fast too. I know Amanda, you want to finish, but I do want to just take a moment and acknowledge one of the major instigators and fire fire starters in America right now is Dr. Frank and his movement with these amazing super moms all throughout the nation. I know a lot of you guys are here today. And I think that's why we're here with Clerk Feeder. She's a gold star mom. She's a super mom who saw a need and stepped in and filled it. And we moms have such a calling on our lives. And Amanda, you're such an example of that too. So I just, we are gonna do this. We're not gonna stop because our babies deserve to go up. They deserve to grow up in a free nation. And let me tell you something. The thing that the media keeps asking me is give me the proof. Show me the proof. Yeah, and so here's my like answer that. to that. You show me an election integrity audit and I'll show you the proof. Yes. That's right. so, so I said to, uh, I, I, I've done three tweets, I think. I'm not a big social media person. I've done three tweets, I think, in my entire life. One of them was my body, my right when it comes to the, the uh, jab. And the other one was uh, that to Senator Toomey in Pennsylvania when he kept saying things that I knew were, were incorrect. And so I put a tweet out and I said, you know, I said, okay, number one, you can run a ballot through a Dominion system more than once. Okay. Number two, 
if there was a nefarious actor, they can program that, that computer to do whatever they want it to do. And, and then I said a couple other things uh, at the end of that tweet, as much characters as I had. And I said, either you're uh, complicit or you're dirty. I look at Eric Coomer. Woo! I unleashed the media, boy. I tell you, I got it. And what they try to do is they try to shame you. And they try to put you down to shut you up. And so, so I had the Secretary of State leaning on our Colorado County Clerks Association. 64 counties in Colorado, and he calls me up. He goes, Tina, you know, you gotta, you gotta tone it down. And I said, Well, let me ask you something. So, Matt, is it true that you can number one? I said that you can run as many ballots as you want through the Dominion software. He goes, Yeah. I said, Number two, if there was a nefarious actor, could they write, you know, scripts in there to do whatever they want to do? And he goes, Yeah. I said, So what's the problem? They couldn't answer. The problem is the truth. But I was shamed. I'm still I'm still being persecuted. They can't that. find fraud because they're not looking for it. Don't and you can't it. find fraud because they won't let you look for it. Okay. But the elections belong to us. They belong to us. If you find an elected official who will stand with the people, stand with them. That's right. We're, 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 and if they won't, remove them from office because they're unfit. They're unfit. What, where were my bipartisan judges today to witness the Secretary of State being in my office? The Democrat Secretary of State being in my office doing who knows what kind of little doo-doo with my machines. Where were the bipartisan set of judges? Where was my representation exactly. in there? And you know what? That's the problem. They're using fear tactics to scare everyday average people yeah. into being quiet. And we've got it. We are... We have to be, we are patriots. Think of our founding fathers who risked uh, everything to stand up to the tyrants, right? You have to stand up to these tyrants. And that's every Just last takes one, one of you. Just takes one, and one don't of fear the media anymore. Right. They can't hurt us anymore. They lie. They don't talk like Fox. You know what? And don't be afraid if someone calls you something from the media or Alan Duke and Facebook fact checkers put your something your, that something's not true. It's just the opposite. Just like when we say the big lie is the big lie. Anything they say is fake, fake news is real news. And anything they say, you go the opposite. When it's pretty easy, right? And I'll tell you what, you want to stick with journalists. You stick with the ones that are out there telling the truth. We hope that this, during this symposium, these three days, that we bring journalism back. You bring media back to telling that. The problem is we've seen the video. Soros has bought all the media. I could go, I can go down media and who owns it and stuff. This is our voice of free speech. If you have that, you have it all. You take an election, you have the media, you can put out your own narrative. We don't know why you're on the way here. She gets her office raided. We're going to find out. Well, the, the timing's been unbelievable because the solutions are here. You are the solution. John Wayne is dead and the Calvary's not coming. We are the answer. We are. We're the solution. We are what we are looking for. And that's what this time together is for, is to come up with those solutions to protect one another and defend our right to preserve our own backyards. It's God-given. It's not man-derived.
And it sure as hell isn't government derived. So thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you for all of you guys. And Mr. Lindell, thank you for the sacrifice that you've made. Thank you, Mom. And we're gonna we're gonna have on Thursday. Remember, we got a red team here. We're gonna dig into some stuff because it doesn't make sense. Isn't the timing weird? And you'll see it all over the news tonight. Well, you know, you know the truth. Okay, and you're gonna and we're gonna dig and we wanna we're gonna put even more of the truth. You know what they're talking about out there now? They're trying to discredit during all this. Now they're trying to discredit where the data came from that I have. It is what it is. So here we are on the first day. There isn't one of them that said they could have said, hey, this isn't from the 2020 election like they're supposed to show. Not one of them, everybody. Even the fake news fact checkers lead stories. You remember what he did do in that six thing, that six page data over there. He said, you know, two of them are the same. Well, gee, I'm sorry. I had 50 states made and they put two in there. We're checking on that. He might be lying. Wouldn't that be something? The fake check? The fake book fact checkers lying? (laughs) Never. But that's that's what we have to break through is this media. And so, like, you you wouldn't have to live in fear. We can't live in fear. The badge of courage. If they're they're attracted to you because of your message, it's almost like a badge of courage. You know you're doing something right. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. So can I just finish? Because I'm ready to go sit down. I didn't plan to come up here at all. This was, like, very spontaneous. But um, at, when this is over, could I just ask all the legislators come forward? I see Representative Fincham here. Um, Mark Fincham had the opportunity. To, he's a champion as well in Arizona. But if y'all could just come down front, I would love to exchange business cards and then set up a weekly call where we can collaborate as legislators and encourage each other. Support. 47 states are represented here, everybody. Anybody have? We could do some questions if anybody wanted questions. Yes, sir. Have backup. Was all of the information kept in your office, or did you have backup? That's a good question. I think uh, Thursday we will be talking more about that. So make sure you're here. We have a Colorado representative here in the house, Representative Ron Hanks in the back. Retired, retired Colonel Ron Hanks. Okay, I think I'm gonna go ahead and lower it down now. Um, Yeah, I mean that's a good question. uh, Okay, he's gonna hold the mic. That gives me a lot of free hands. To uh, to the point of weaponized truth. uh, I mean, they said there was gonna be some big news dropping at 7 p.m. So we tuned in for that. But you know, I mean, if anything, I would most definitely say. Uh, I thought that was a very uplifting panel. I really enjoyed the energy that they were giving. Uh, They did seem a little shooketh when they came on at first. And I kind of wonder that if they didn't have something else that they were going to talk about prior to uh, the uh, representative's office getting raided. Um, So I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what is up with that. (laughs) 47. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyhow, so, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this panel. I think this was probably the liveliest panel that they've had the entire day. 
um, and these are Colorado representatives. I, I just I wonder what Colorado had to do in the grand scheme of things. Like why specifically uh, did they bring these representatives out? So I kind of feel like they might have had something more that they were going to talk about. And I guess now it's being deferred to Thursday. I don't know. We'll see what happens, guys. Uh, I think throughout the course of this entire symposium, what we're seeing here is more of them, because like you said, they're going to be doing this for 72 hours straight. They're going to be uh, they're going to be nonstop. I think it's to garner attention. Uh, and then, of course, they're dropping little nuggets throughout the, the days, what it seems like is going on. Let me see what uh, Lindell's saying real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. If they got that, they could, if you control the media... And that's why they went and the first thing they tried to do was take away our First Amendment right to free speech. Dominion's right there, the lawfare. Fear of getting fear of getting sued, fear of getting threatened, fear of being, you know, they used in what they did, you know, this hasn't been done since 70, 1798, Alan Dershowitz said in our country. 1798 they did it, called lawfare, where they threatened these news outlets, probably newspaper, probably more than just threatening with lawsuits, huh? You know, but they didn't do it for all those years. And you know why? You know why I figured out about if you go back a few years, it would have been a story if another journalist did, the, you know, did a bad story. You know, you know what I mean? It would be a story if uh, Dominion's over here suing someone. And then you know, the other media would go, wow, why are they getting sued? And why, who is this dominion? You know, it doesn't make sense. Instead, they all piggyback on. And then you've got Fox. Fox gets sued. Mm -hmm. and, and then they get sued again. They got double sued. Wouldn't you want to be here, Fox? And if you've got your lawsuits you're worried about, and that's why you're not talking to see the evidence? Wouldn't yeah, we all know Fox is owned by Disney, though. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, to that point, though, uh, what Nice True said, they were on a plane when the raid happened. So if they had something, the raid wouldn't have changed that. Uh, yeah, I, I would think it would change that um, if they were coming to talk about a topic and then they got raided. Well, now they're talking about the raid and uh, they really came down, of course, on Jenna Griswold, who is the uh, Soros backed uh, govern governor over there in Colorado. So I don't know. I don't know, but apparently they're going to talk about something on Thursday as well. Um, I don't know what they have planned for tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe this was just to get everyone tuned in to the first day at prime time. Uh, but um, I mean, yeah, they it was I, I would really like to know what else all they were going to talk about. But I guess we'll have to wait to see what is up with that. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, they played uh, the Colonel Waldron video. I did not get to see Colonel Waldron. Um, I am familiar with Colonel Waldron and his work, and also when he was serving on the panels during the um, the uh, election audit fraud hearings uh, back in November and December. Uh, very, very, very astute and very, very smart. Very, very, he's a very, very smart man. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to have to go back and check that out for sure. Uh, but, um, let me, let's just go ahead and see if he's going to do a closing remark. And then we're going to go ahead and get into a few stories for tonight. Uh, since I promised you guys, we would be doing that, uh, and, um, not just doing the, uh, the symposium thing, but this is going to be going on all night long. I think, uh, who was it? Was it from far away had uh, mentioned there's like 
10 plus stations playing this right now. So well covered, which is really good because if you think about uh, not just on the Foxhole app where these 10 stations, uh, 10 different channels are doing that, we also have other channels we're broadcasting out to multiple platforms. So it's getting really well covered. And I think if anything, even though this wasn't necessarily a Moab at the seventh hour, <laughs> or what would that technically be the 19th hour here at uh, the cyber symposium for Mike Lindell, um, definitely it's getting a reach out there through all of the content creators who are, um, who are trying, who are uh, sharing this, uh, sharing this information. It's going to get people going to get people aware if it's going on. I mean, can you imagine like, how many of us are on Twitch? <laughs> like they probably got Twitch. It's filling up Twitch with Mike Lindell right now. So that's kind of cool. You go. That's why I put FrankSpeech.com. I got millions, 15, 20 million into this counting Frank Speech. Easy. I don't care. I don't care because you know what? It's the best money I ever spent in my life is to save our country. And the help I need, you guys, thank you, but the help I need is everyone watching. All you got to do is keep sharing. Get everyone to watch tomorrow. Get everyone. Now you got something to look forward to Thursday when we come back with their red team that we've got. You know, you've got that, but we've got other stuff coming up, coming up every single day. Those cyber, those cyber forensic guys, what do you think they're going to find? Of course, they're not going to find it's not from the 2020 election because it is. They got you all here. I showed you those states today. That's real. You know, and then you got you got that that cyber attack, those packet captures and data. And then you've got Dr. Frank's thing where he came in out of nowhere and did a mathematically where they proved every algorithm. You guys think of this in every single state you live in, including Colorado. You Especially you Colorado. Especially Colorado. Well, no, We're the jewel. We're the yeah. jewel in this takeover. But let me tell you the way it is with his work. You take one county, and in that county, or precinct, I'm not sure, either one, and there's a pattern. The same percentage of 25-year-olds vote, pick a number, 45-year-olds vote, 70-year-olds <coughs> vote. You take that pattern, and you can, it's like it goes in every county. I mean, only machines could do that. And every single state is like that. Have a good board meeting, just to registrate where you we can will just see go you soon, sweetie. Get, hey, I want to see our voter rolls, registered voter rolls. Because then you could have done it yourself. Then it's real. I guess it's real. But it is real. It's all real. Every single thing. His thing is completely separate from all this, which is completely separate from all the organic fraud when you show this. Liz Everything Garcia, shows love you the much same is... thing with the dead people. How do you have, like, in Colorado, how many non-residents, Lord? Do you know that number? Around 25,000. 25,000. Let me tell you right now, everybody, 25,000 people in Colorado didn't have a meeting and go, hey, you know what? I don't care if George Soros is leading the pack or not. You can't get 25,000 people to commit a crime. It's impossible. Right. You can't. Try it. And try not the word leaking out. They're not going to do it mm -hmm. over their one vote. How do you get 25,000 non-residents to vote? Because you used the 2010 voter rolls and you did it with a cyber attack from China and stole our country. That's right. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting because why would... Okay. All right. We'll leave that there, guys. And uh, I will probably go back and watch the rest of that later on. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that, was a, uh, that was a snippet here, at least on the C-Report of what was going on with Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium. 
happening uh, today through Thursday up in South Dakota. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, at least it was uh, at least it was an enthusiastic panel. Um, at least it was reaffirming a bit of uh, you know um, our, our patriotism and our care and love for this country, and also reaffirming uh, what it is that we need to do. Stand up, right? And I think that that senator from Virginia. I didn't get her name, but uh, she was, I, I liked her. I had no idea who she is. I've never heard of her and or seen her, but apparently two-term mother who got pissed off and ran against a rhino incumbent and won. That's pretty amazing. And that also kind of gives you an idea of uh, what the, uh, uh, I guess what the vibe or the feeling is in the state of Virginia, right? Okay, guys. So we're going to do a few stories today. Uh, um, just after that uh, bit of the cyber symposium, thanks for hanging out there. Um, and uh, out there, thanks for hanging out here and uh, being a part of that. Uh, welcome, welcome. Hey, Sean Joe, thank you. Most welcome, Mr. Weaponized Truth. Okay, so uh, what are we going to talk about first of all? Oh, wait, guys. <laughs> Could we forget here? Now, I know we started with the Cyber Symposium. Uh, we did a little bit of a chat recap. Um, we didn't get quite to uh, the hole puncher joke that was floating around in the chat yesterday. Uh, yeah, I did go back and read that, guys. <laughs> that was something. Uh, it was very, very funny. Okay, very, very, very funny. Uh, if not somewhat crass, but that's totally fine. Um, and then what do we have also? Um, uh, the whole hole puncher thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, a very, a lot of good, a lot of good feedback on the hole puncher. We'll have to make sure we have an extra long hole puncher, right? So we can make sure we can get to the center of the ballot, uh, among other things. No hanging chads, nothing of that kind. And uh, yeah, the speak it easy. Funny joke there, my friend. Funny joke. Um, talking about that count, uh, county's where if I access now. Ah, okay. So uh, is it, should we have stayed in there? No, we'll, we'll recap it. If not, you know, guys, uh, y'all are welcome to catch that live as well too elsewhere. But I do want to go ahead and we're going to also, don't forget, Trump leads at the C-Report, even though it was today's schedule is a little bit strange for the C-Report, right? Like we, whenever we have events like that, um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to tune into and see what's up. But uh, President Trump didn't have very many statements to share today anyhow. Uh, he did have one affirmative statement here uh, that was in regards to this infrastructure package uh, that's passing the Senate, um, which is no bueno. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hole puncher. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Okay, before I get distracted, uh, President Trump speaking about the infrastructure package. Nobody will ever understand why Mitch McConnell allowed this non-infrastructure bill to be passed. He has given up all of his leverage for the big whopper of a bill that will follow. I've quietly said for years that Mitch McConnell is the most overrated man in politics. Now I don't have to be quiet anymore. He's working so hard to give Biden a victory. Now they'll go for the big one, including the biggest tax increases in the history of our country. And uh, yes, with the way that it's going with this, uh, with the Senate basically agreeing to and passing this infrastructure bill, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it, it just it they it does seem that they're totally caving in. Uh, there are 19 senators. We will name them all if you guys don't know already, uh, and uh, we'll talk about that just for a spell. Uh, 
the President Trump did have a couple of other statements, but these again were his in case you missed it moments. Uh, now, this is when President Trump tends to share uh, stories from artic articles from newspapers and journals, as well as uh, interviews and other types of reports from other sources of media. Uh, there was an in case you missed it moment with Liz Cheney. Of course, she's leading Pelosi's weaponized January 6th committee. It seems to me that what's going on with this committee is, you know, they could not get President Trump with his taxes. They couldn't get him with his businesses. They couldn't get him with anything. Uh, and they're trying to just, they're trying to make him do the perp walk so hard. They're trying to charge him with anything that they can find. So it seems to me that this weaponized committee on the January 6th false flag riots, I think it, it sounds like that is exactly what they're going to try and do with this. They are going to try and put charges on him through this committee. I don't doubt it that that is their goal. Uh, I'm sure if they can use that to, uh, you know, smear him or charge him with something uh, that will only work to their benefit and their narrative that they're trying to spill. But I feel like that that I feel like that is where that will be going, uh, to be quite honest with you guys. Um, let me see here what else we got. Uh, and in case you missed it moment, Trump is still the kingmaker. Uh, you know, of course, those endorsements do ring through. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night, y'all. Um, in case you missed a moment, report two officers among 45 shots since last Saturday in Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. Now, that was an interesting story that we saw. Well, not an interesting. It's a tragic story uh, that we saw coming out of Chicago, especially with the death of that one officer. Um, and then I, I guess the interesting thing would be uh, where all of the officers basically uh, turned their back on Lori Lightfoot there at the um, at the hospital. Uh, that says a lot. And it wasn't just a few officers. It was quite a gathering of officers that were paying their respects to the fallen and to the injured uh, amongst their um amongst their uh, or their ranks which was terrible uh free cuba protesters slam biden say things would be very different if trump was in office uh another moment where we're seeing uh, president trump uh, uh bringing back uh, cuba into the narrative there's a lot still going on in cuba and like i was saying yesterday guys i really do feel that uh these mass graves and deaths are not COVID related at all. I don't think that they are. I think it's in relation to the protests that were happening, but uh, that's simply speculation. And I couldn't say for a fact if that were to be true. Uh, but that was what we had from President Trump for today in regards to his statements and other uh, musings that he was sharing with the uh, with uh, with his people, with the, his constituents, with the American people. Um, and everyone else that cared to uh, listen and take a gander. Uh, so we'll move right on now straight over to... Oh, that's Rand Paul. We can we can pass over that one for now. Uh, that was really good, though. I mean, Rand Paul, you guys all... I know you guys all saw that video where he is saying it's time for us to resist. And then uh, he was summarily censored and blocked on Twitter. It seems that's a, it's, it seems it's for a limited time only. Like, they're going to go ahead and bring him back on. But And YouTube also, right? But uh, for now, he cannot share content and stuff like that. But um, uh, very, very, very interesting. Uh, it's a good thing. I mean, finally, you know, people are talking about that. I know you guys were talking in the chat about, uh, you know, uh, we're, oh, us being at the precipice. Uh, when will, you know, what, what will be the next move? When will it budge? Uh, what will we do? You know, but either way. Uh, I think the time will come when it has when it is here. I don't think that's anything that any of us could really specify. Uh, I mean, because we don't know. I mean, when will that breaking point be? And then I think the other good question to ask on top of that is, uh, what will the action be to that breaking point? What is what do people see in that regard? I don't know. 
I mean, we all see something different, I'm sure. But now I'm pretty sure you guys are wondering who the heck this lady is on the screen. Who is this woman that we see here with the large eyeballs? Yeah, okay. Uh, this woman here, ladies and gentlemen, is the new, count it new, uh, governor. Uh, she formerly served as the lieutenant governor. So now we're getting into the Cuomo story. Nipple rings Cuomo, having, uh, he having resigned today. Um, um, of course, it was a disgraceful resignation. He did not want to leave, but he had to because everything's just blowing up in his face. Uh, so this woman here, uh, former Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, will become um, New York's first female governor after Cuomo's humiliating resignation. Uh, headline from the Gateway Pundit. Uh, New York uh, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul uh, will become the state's first female governor. Um, and uh, let's see, just a little spec on her. She used to serve in Congress for upstate New York. Um, a former member of Congress, and uh, again, uh, she will be taking over for him um, as he is no longer going to be governor. Now, speaking of Governor Cuomo and his resignation, of course, uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo, that's the man's name. Uh, he announced today that he would resign effective in 14 days after allegations of sexual harassment, of course, that have been detailed in Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York's report. Um, uh, something that we've all been waiting for, of course, I'm, I, I mean, you know, uh, say what you will about this entire situation, of course, you know, um, uh, one does deserve to be uh, um, uh, punished and as well, um, you know, uh, reprimanded, everything that, you know, that fined, charged, you know, uh, if they're engaging in this type of activity. Uh, but we know that there was a whole uh, group of people that were, well, women, I guess you'd say, that were coming up um, espousing these allegations against uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo. Uh, but I was more concerned, and I'm sure you guys are, specifically with the COVID-19 nursing home death scandal, because it seems that that was what the story was breaking out of New York prior to these sexual harassment charges coming forward. And the sexual harassment charges kind of just washed out all of that, um, all of that um, uh, momentum that was being built around everything that was happening with the nursing home COVID-19 death scandal. Okay. And uh, I found it to be quite convenient. I mean, sure, it's not convenient for his, his victims, um, uh, but I found it quite convenient that that story would wash over everything that was coming into light in regard to uh, Cuomo and what he had to deal, what his dealings were with the nursing home death scandal. So that's why we're actually going to revisit that a little bit tonight uh, before we move on. Um, now, the other person that we would have to keep in mind as being, uh, I would say, an accomplice, if not possibly the mastermind behind the COVID nursing home death scandal would have to be his former top aide or secretary. Now, her name is Melissa DeRosa. And go ahead and pull her on the screen right now. Now, Melissa DeRosa, she was, uh, like I said, Cuomo's former top aide. Now, she actually resigned the day before, a few days before uh, Cuomo resigned from his position. Uh, now, there's a lot of other things going on between DeRosa and Cuomo that's kind of been leaking in the media, at least the independents out there for a while. Uh, they suspect that these two had more than a professional relationship, um, and she was definitely being touted as the most um, powerful uh, elected or unelected official in the state of New York, uh, she having served as his top aide or as his secretary. 
uh, they were saying, or unelected official, that she was one of the more powerful, like she had a lot of pull. And indeed, there's a lot more behind Melissa DeRosa than at first meets the eye. Um, she was also, uh, or I should say she is also, uh, she is also the uh, daughter-in-law of the Southern District of New York's um, uh, uh, head there, the top lawyer there. Uh, that's Aubrey, Audrey Strauss is the name. That's her mother-in-law. Again, and she is the head of the DOJ's Southern District of New York, top lawyer there in the state of New York. Uh, but again, you know, in regards to Melissa DeRosa resigning, um, she basically, all she could say is that the last couple of years had been emotionally and mentally trying. And she gave no other uh, specific reason for her resignation. Um, but again, she served with Cuomo for quite some time. Uh, but now getting back to some of Melissa DeRosa's ties again. Now, I don't know what uh, position that would have put Cuomo in specifically with her mother-in-law being the head of the SDNY. Um, again, the Southern District of New York uh, Law Center there, um, because at one point we had Melissa DeRosa actually throwing Cuomo under the bus to a group of Democrats apologizing for uh, this entire COVID-19 death scandal. Um, and, and some people said that that was, um, that was to, uh, to uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo's um, um, detriment that her mother was actually, mother-in-law's actually Audrey Strauss, you know? And um, I could see in the context of uh, DeRosa throwing Cuomo under the bus uh, that she would need that type of protection. Uh, but I kind of also saw that she could utilize that to her benefit and also to Cuomo's office, to his their benefit, his benefit, uh, because they could probably do something to try and cover for him or, you know, uh, whatever litigation tricks or tactics that they might try and use to protect him and her. And the reason why she would need to be protected is because she has family members who serve as lobbyists to the Greater New York Hospital Association or the GNHA or GNYHA. Uh, let me see if I can get, do I have a graphic for that? Oh, it looks like I do. There's a GNYHA, the Greater New York Hospital Association. Now, again, Melissa DeRosa was the highest ranking woman in the Cuomo administration, but her family was also tightly connected to the uh, New York elderly home industry. And that made lots of money due to Cuomo's COVID policy. So keep in mind here, guys, with this whole COVID-19 disaster rolling through the states, uh, you have the federal government giving monies to hospitals and to other agencies if they have COVID numbers on their lists. So, you know, like if they're turning in high COVID numbers, you know, you're getting money per body, you're getting money per case coming in too. So this ultimately seems like it was a big scheme. And that's why I say Melissa DeRosa may actually have been more at the top of that. I mean, I would I would go as far to say as she may, maybe she was even the main puppet master behind these policies that were happening in New York. I mean, I'm not going to say that she was uh, 100% that, but I'm sure she definitely, she definitely um, um, was for the entire idea of, you know, mandating or advising uh, nursing homes and rehabilitation centers to take in uh, patients who were either recovering or possibly still inflicted with the COVID-19 virus. Um, now, Melissa DeRosa's mother, as I said, Audrey Strauss, head of the SDNY, um, her family have lobbying connections to the GNYHA. Um, her father and her brother are top lobbyists for them. 
And in 2018, Cuomo and his party, his uh, um, his state party committee received $2.3 million from various hospitals and nursing home industry donors. Okay, so they're lobbying for that. That money's going to Cuomo. Now, it seems that under this whole COVID thing, what we could be seeing for a fact is Cuomo paying back those people that donated to his campaign and to his committee, right? Because if the G, uh, GNYHA is donating money to Cuomo and now under this COVID emergency, uh, you know, funding thing that they're getting going on, uh, that's a good way for Cuomo to pay them back. And then not only is he paying them back, but also Melissa DeRosa's family is directly benefiting from this scandal by having the deaths of uh, individuals, the numbers go up. It makes it makes COVID look like that more, uh, much more of a disaster or much more of an emergency or much more of a pandemic. So for one, it's going towards the Democrat and liberal and socialist communists uh, um, agenda, their narrative, which is this is a pandemic. So you have to vote absentee, right? That I mean, all of that's part of the same thing, plus whatever, uh, whatever, whatever other evil scheme that they're building around this entire COVID narrative. And of course, we're seeing that more and more as these uh, supposed vaccines, the mRNA gene therapy sessions are causing people to get sick and die even more. So this is not about preserving human life is exactly what I think we have come to see based on everything that is playing out as it is in the state of New York and around America and around the world and with the FDA and it, with the CDC and all that stuff. Um, it's painting a very different picture than what they originally painted back in March of 2020. Now, getting back to this uh, uh, Greater New York Hospital Association and its connections to the Cuomo administration, as well as Melissa, Melissa DeRosa and her family, um, according to the New York Public Committee on Public Ethics, uh, the Greater New York Hospital Association paid $60,000 to the Mer Ram Group in March and April of 2020. Um, and John Emmerich, a lobbyist at the firm, previously served as the chief of staff for the Independent Democrat Conference State Senate Caucus, lobbying the Senate Majority Leader's Office on safe staffing and medical malpractice. Another GNYHA lobby firm, the Bolton St. John's, gave Cuomo's campaign $40,000 during his 2018 re-election bid. Um, that firm employs Giorgio DeRosa, uh, that firm, the lobbying firm, employs Giorgio DeRosa, uh, Joseph DeRosa, and Jessica Davos, the father, the brother, and the sister-in-law of Melissa DeRosa. So she was very, very heavily connected to the lobbying firms and the people who were making money uh, during this crisis. Like they were all, it was like they were all in bed with each other, right? And so it kind of makes sense that they would go ahead and issue this mandate or this advisory to the, uh, the uh, nursing homes and hospitals uh, that basically was the death sentence for many of our elderly friends and family in the state of New York. Again, 15,000 families, 15,000 uh, citizens, elderly citizens of New York, or those who had a weakened immune system in uh, rehabilitation homes or uh, in nursing homes, in, in congregate care homes, long-term congregate care, care uh, homes, or even short-term congregate care homes. We see this, uh, this vile act basically um, a sweeping through these uh, these facilities and killing off a lot of the population. Now, here, guys, is that uh, advisory notice that was sent out by Cuomo 
and uh, his administration via the New York State uh, uh, Health Department, Department of Health. Um, of course, here you see we have Cuomo Governor uh, Howard A. Zuckard would be the commissioner of the D, uh, uh, DOH, Department of Health, and Sally Dresslin, the executive deputy commissioner. This was sent out on March 25th, 2020 to nursing home administrators, directors of nursing and hospital discharge planners. Uh, it says advisory hospital discharges and admissions to nursing homes. Please distribute immediately to nursing home directors, etc. I already said that. So COVID-19 has been detected in multiple communities throughout New York State. There is an urgent need to expand hospital capacity in New York State to be able to meet the demands of patients with COVID-19 requiring acute care. As a result, this directive is being issued to clarify expectations for nursing homes receiving residents returning from hospitalizations and for nursing homes accepting new admissions. Uh, and then basically the long and short of it is right here in the red box. No resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. Nursing homes are prohibited from re requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission or readmission. I mean, that right there, guys, is the tick is the kicker. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident prior to admission or to readmission if they are determined to be medically stable. So in other words, maybe they don't have the symptoms, uh, but it doesn't matter. You are prohibited from requiring that test. So basically, they were to accept anyone back in test or not they were to receive anyone back into their facilities. Uh, so saith the Cuomo administration via this advisor advisory notice being sent to them. Okay. And that's basically the letter of it. That's basically where you see this whole scandal being born. Okay. But now of course we're seeing the other side of the coin and that is exactly how involved Melissa DeRosa and the Cuomo administration because of that, um, of that involvement, that uh, what that uh, one degree of separation from uh, the GNYHA there in New York and other lobbyists who are making money, you know, they're just, they're just throwing money back and forth at each other basically is what we're seeing here. Now, Governor Andrew Cuomo and the GNYHA, a business corporation and a nonprofit in the business of making profits and deals favorable to New York State hospitals and nursing homes, cooperated in a scheme to deliver COVID-19 sick patients directly from hospitals to nursing homes. Uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo implemented this policy on March 25th through his health commissioner, Howard Zucker, which resulted in, uh, in we now know at least 15,000 unnecessary and cruel senior citizen deaths. Uh, there was a report in May 2020 that stated Andrew Cuomo declined to utilize the United States Naval Ship Comfort, specifically sent by New York State uh, to New York State by President Trump. Um, he also refused to use the Jacob Javits Center which was a field hospital that was set up there in Central Park. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, that was a, a field hospital, or there was also the field hospital set up in Central Park by the Samaritan's Purse, which was a benevolent Christian organization or is a benevolent Christian organization. Uh, he could have sent any of these who are recovering from 
the COVID-19 uh, COVID um, uh, uh, China virus, any of those who were leaving the hospital, they could have gone there to get fully rehabilitated. They could have gone there to seek care, to get further testing. Uh, but instead of doing that, the Cuomo administration refused to utilize these services um, those sites remained vacant. Remember, guys, like, well, we know that something else might have been going on in Central Park. There's not a whole lot of uh, receipts on that. But uh, we do know uh, some of the reports that are coming out of Central Park, which I mean, I found that I found those stories to be quite remarkable. Um, I think what maybe there was maybe a nurse or two who actually talked about it. But again, no real receipt on what activity was actually going on at Central Park. But that's digressing just a little bit, guys. Uh, staying on this story with Cuomo administration, Melissa DeRosa and their nipple rings. Uh, the Comfort left the New York Harbor and sailed away. Samaritan's Purse pulled down their field hospitals and they left. And all whilst this was happening, uh, New York senior citizens and those with disabilities uh, or those who were just living in these uh, nursing homes, uh, they were um, being funneled back into uh, a, a, and basically meeting an untimely death. The COVID-19 death toll in New York State during March and April and May was actually the highest in the nation and possibly the entire world per capita. Uh, because of the decision, this this heinous decision that the Cuomo administration had made. Now, the senior leadership team of Cuomo, DeRosa, and his health commissioner, Howard Zucker, following the apparent wishes of the GNYHA, again, a top donor to New York State Democrat Party and to Andrew Cuomo or Nipporings Cuomo's uh, committee and campaign, made sure the transfer the stream of COVID-19 infected and recovering patients from New York State hospitals continued unabated into New York State nursing homes. Okay, now just to put a cherry on top of um, of, of of this this entire idea. Okay, because again, we're talking about this idea that they're getting federal funding; they're getting millions of dollars federal funding every time they put a check mark that there's someone with COVID-19. Uh, hospitals are getting the funding; um, all these representatives are getting that as well. The state is, uh, but there was actually a story that came out via Project Veritas that went on to verify this very fact. And this had to do with uh, New York State funeral home directors who were spilling the beans on the fact that they were getting in a massive amount of bodies into their funeral parlors and, you know, their, their morgues and stuff uh, by people who were not even infected by COVID, but were being told, were being put on their, I guess, on their, their papers, their final papers, that they actually had been COVID patients. I mean, this is just a recap of all the stuff that we already know, guys. But again, this, this needs to come back to the forefront of the new spectrum, because now that we have Cuomo being uh, resigning and possibly being impeached, he very well may, he very well may um, you know, ride off into the sunset on the back of this uh, sexual harassment scandal. Uh, and all of those who suffered the fate uh, at the decision that he and DeRosa and Zucker made in the state of New York will not see justice. They will not see justice if this does not come back into the national dialogue. Um, let's take a look. I'm going to play the video here from 
the um, uh, the the uh, Project Veritas uh, story where they actually he was talking with again he was talking with funeral directors, a funeral parlor directors there in the state of New York who were basically uh, spilling the beans on um, this being a scandal and a political scandal in order to get money um, and also to boost the numbers of the COVID uh, supposed pandemic. At the time uh, in early March 2020, or I should say early 2020, March, April, May, uh, that time period. So uh, here's that Veritas story for you guys. Enjoy. To me, all you're doing is you're padding statistics. You know, you're putting people on that have COVID-19. If they didn't have it, you're making the death rate for New York City a lot higher than it should be. I'll be honest with you, all of the death certificates they're writing COVID on, all of the death certificates that I had a positive test or that I didn't. So uh, I think, that, you know, again, this is my personal opinion. I, I think like the mayor in our city, they're looking for federal funding. And the more they put COVID on a death certificate, the more they can ask for federal funds. So I think it's 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 political. Um, I had one that was autopsy because it was furious. Um, and the apparently, and I don't know who the Supreme Court justice is, but the Supreme Court justice was related to the family. And she said, I know my sister didn't die of COVID 19. She said she had Alzheimer's and they didn't suction her. You have to suction because they forget how to swallow. And um, right away, they condemned COVID-19 on that death certificate. And this Supreme Court Justice, whoever, contacted the hospital. They did an independent autopsy. They don't know COVID-19. We know there are many unanswered questions during this pandemic. We've been out in the street talking to some folks who are on the front lines, talking to the unsung heroes of the people of New York City, people, for example, in funeral homes. We've talked to these unsung heroes, and we've discovered some troubling things, some things that should disturb us. This will just be part one of an ongoing investigation into fraud, waste, abuse, corruption, and COVID. To be honest with you, all of the death certificates they're writing COVID on, all of the death certificates, or that I had a positive test, or that I didn't. So uh, I think, that, you know, again, this is my personal opinion. I, I think, like, the mayor in our city, they're looking for federal funding, and the more they put COVID on a death certificate, the more they can ask for federal funds. So I think it's 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 political. So I'm going to turn around and say, you know, like, not everybody that we have here that has COVID on a death certificate died of COVID. Can I prove that? No, but that is my suspicion. So you think that... They're just putting it on everyone who's dying. They're putting it on everybody's death certificate to make life easier for them because, like, the causes of death get proved right away. If you write COVID, I mean, listen, they're just pushing things out because they're overwhelmed and it's just easier to write COVID on everything. That's my opinion. So this isn't, like, we're not the first case of this happening? Absolutely not. How many, how often do you think this is happening? Quite a lot. Quite a lot. So you've seen like, I couldn't give you a number, but quite a lot. Okay. So you've seen other families at your funeral home? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
story. I've seen, I've seen causes. I've seen people, you know, say, oh, my family, somebody never tested. We all know, and they're right in any way. Because if, you know what, the, the law allows them, like, if it's in their medical opinion, it allows them to write it. So they don't even have to prove it. So do you do you think that they're doing it to help the mayor, or...? No, I, th I think they're doing that to help the mayor. I think the mayor is always ordering it from, from down, because the more deaths that they report from COVID, the more money they can donate the federal government for. They put 100 COVID, I'm going to tell you all 100 people didn't have COVID. How can I, can I tell you what percentage? No, but I can tell you this is what they're doing. And they're not even testing these people for COVID. They're not even testing these people. If, if the doctor thinks Mike Lanza was not the only funeral director we heard this story from. His observations were shared by many. Wow. Oh my, who's this woman? I was at a nursing hospital in uh, Dutchess County. 
Wow. And they're just assuming just because... Please don't tell a couple of people have it. Everybody has it. I just wonder what the mm-hmm. point of that is. I know, but, you know. There's no way to prove it because we put it down and the, the person was not, um, autopsy. I don't know. Um, I had one that was autopsy because it was furious. Um, and the, apparently, and I don't know what the Supreme Court justice is, but the Supreme Court justice was related to the family. And because I know my sister didn't die of COVID-19, she said she had Alzheimer's and they didn't suction her. You have to suction because they forget how to swallow. And, um, right away they put down COVID-19 on her then death certificate and there's Supreme Court Justice, whoever contacted the hospital, they did an independent autopsy, they got no COVID-19. Okay, so this is a case where someone was said to have had it, and then afterwards they checked, no COVID-19. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because the sister refused to believe that her sister had COVID-19, and like I said, she, she was the one who said to me, she says, well, my cousin is, uh, you know, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, not going to contact, and, and we're going to get an autopsy, and I uh, I you do what you got to do, you know. And uh, she did what she had to do, and sure enough, I called her and I said, uh, the doctor signed the death certificate in the autopsy of COVID-19. So this guy made, like, a special call for the autopsy. Chief Supreme Court Justice mm-hmm. guy. Wow. Basically, every civilian that comes across our death now has COVID on it. Even if people aren't tested, if they have a cough and they have a flu symptom, it's basically concerned and uh, basically considered uh, COVID. If you work in a hospital or the government and you witness something troubling, we want you to contact us securely at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. We want to know about any fraud or corruption that may be going on, and we will protect your identity. So contact us. We need you, and your country needs you. Love Project Veritas. Love Project Veritas. So uh, that's what uh, that was a story that they had run back then in regards to what could really have been uh, driving, uh, you know, uh, this whole scandal, this whole scheme. Now, um, you know, they there was back in October, I think, of 2020. There actually was a rather they had a, um, a what do they call it a, a public press event a, a, a press conference uh, out there in front of City Hall in New York City where they had dozens of family members who were demanding uh, answers from Cuomo and also demanding uh, he apologized I mean that then that's just asking lightly of something if you ask me like they just want truth they want they obviously want justice uh, in that regards but. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't seem it seems like there was some litigation that took place. And basically it was in the uh, it was in the arena of like FOIA requests. But uh, based on some of the articles I was looking at, it doesn't seem like that moved anything for the people of New York who are the victims or against Cuomo. Um, It is it is good thing to note that uh, a paper like the New York Post 
uh, is still very much so um, pushing the COVID-19 nursing home death scandal in their paper. Uh, there were several articles from this month alone, at least five of them, that were telling people not to forget that Cuomo was at the head of that death scandal and uh, responsible for the death of 15,000 senior citizens uh, and sick there in the state of New York. So uh, it doesn't seem like it's, it seems like it's an issue that they're still going to keep pushing. It doesn't seem like it's an issue that's going to vanish. Uh, and hopefully uh, we can keep the story at the, uh, we can keep the story at the top of mind. Uh, so this way, those uh, who, who um, were, uh, who did have fallen family members can see justice and also uh, the heinous actions of a, a governator uh, can uh, see some accountability. So um, yeah, let's talk about now guys, the infrastructure package. Now we really haven't talked about much about this whole infrastructure thing. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, aside from just being a total uh, waste of taxpayers money and not going towards what it's supposed to go to, um, you know, it's, it's not one of those I, uh, bills that uh, like, say, for example, HR one, the, for the people act and, and S one, that's something that was very detrimental to cover. Uh, but you know, guys, uh, the reason why we are going to show a little bit of information is because apparently this passed in the Senate. Okay. Uh, so once again, ladies and gentlemen, like we usually say, it is rhino hunting season. Uh, and if it passed in the Senate, that was with the approval or the AI saying, you know, voting for uh, the Senate bill to pass in the Senate. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, it's time for a rhino roundup, right? So now the Senate passed on Tuesday morning, that is this morning, the $1.2 trillion White House-backed infrastructure bill. Um, of course, they debate about it a lot. And President Trump said, you know, you could have fought this off by, you know, using the debt ceiling against the Dems, against the communists. But uh, the um, rhinos just did not seem to see it that way. Instead, they're saying, oh, it's about bipartisanship. Oh, it's to show that we can be bipartisan. BS, correct, guys? BS, especially in something that's so detrimental. Now, the infrastructure bill is formally called the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. And it was hashed out by a bipartisan group of senators and uh, um, and also President-select Pedo Joe's administration. It passed 69 to 30 in the Senate, and it will include $550 billion in new federal spending over five years. Um, it is 2,700 pages long. It invests $110 billion towards roads, bridges, and major projects, provides some $66 billion to passenger and freight rails, $65 billion to rebuild the electric grid, $65 billion to expand broadband internet lines, and $55 billion for water pipes, including replacing lead pipes and more. Um, a summary of the bill that was released by Chuck Schumer's office suggests that $3.5 billion will include free community college tuition, money to create a so-called civilian climate corps to put young Americans to work, an expansion of Obamacare, universal pre-kindergarten for three and four-year-old children, long-term care for older adults, Medicare expansions, money for homeowners to re, uh, re retrofit their properties to fall in line with climate regulations. The bill will also include provisions around illegal immigration. So saith Senator Bernie Sanders. 
um, who's head of the Senate Budget Committee, and it would also provide a pathway to citizenship. So they're trying to sneak amnesty into this infrastructure bill for undocumented people without elaborating according to separate statements released by his office on Monday. Now, as, uh, as this is going to be one of those, like President Trump said, it will be hard to endorse any Republican who voted for this bill. And uh, many of these uh, rhinos will most likely be primaried for their support of it. And we got the roll call here, guys. Uh, so uh, get your notepads out, ladies and gentlemen, because it's rhino hunting season. First one up, we have uh, Representative Roy Blunt of Missouri. Roy Blunt, look at that face, right? Anyways, you guys know what time it is. Next up would be Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, also signing on to approve this in the Senate. Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, she also signed on in support of this infrastructure travesty. Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, he looks a little stunned and shooketh, if you ask me. Probably not, um, not, uh, not too sure that the spotlight would be shined on him as a rhino loser. There's the ever mean-faced Susan Collins, who you know she's of Massachusetts, or she's of Maine, sorry. You know that Susan Collins was going to vote. Susan Collins tends to vote with Democrats all the time. She is a classic rhino like one of the oldest rhinos in the pack. If you ask me, she's been there forever. She's made a lot of money. And uh, she's definitely one that is Republican in name only. Uh, this uh, pin-faced individual here, that is Deb Fisher of Nebraska. Now everyone knows the next person that's up on the list. It is one Lindsey Graham. Uh-huh. I guess we could have expected that Lindsey Graham, who looks like, uh, I don't know, deformed bat boy, here um, would have voted with the Dems to approve this heinous infrastructure bill. Uh, again, true colors coming out. You know, he might have talked a tough game back in the early days of the Trump administration. He needs to cut his nose hair too, by the way. Uh, but um, definitely his true colors are showing. Uh, apparently the skeletons in his closet are not so obvious that he's going to go ahead and do something like this and betray the American people. And go along with this uh, communist agenda, because, you know, this is all like you, you heard about all the other provisions that are going to be snuck into this bill. Twenty seven hundred pages can't even speed read through it, like President Trump said. And yet he's going to go ahead and support it uh, so that he can, like, play ball with the Democrats. No, thank you, sir. We don't need that at our table. Seats taken. Chuck Grassley of Iowa, another one, another rhino. A lot of these guys you probably recognize or are familiar with who they are. Uh, but, uh, you know, let them let them expose themselves at every corner, at every turn. Go ahead and do it. This guy's no, no, not me. I didn't say hello to the bill. I didn't vote for it. That is Joe Hoven of or sorry, John Hoven of North Dakota. John Hoven, who seems to not want to take responsibility for his actions. Right. There is none other than famous cocaine Mitch. What happened to that upper lip, my friend? Yeah, he's like, oh, no, people are going to find out that I voted for this infrastructure package. Oh, <laughs> freaking Mitch McConnell. He looks like a dying fish. <laughs> We're going to do this, guys. Okay, anyways. Oh, there's the pin-faced Lisa Murkowski. 
Yeah, the years have not been kind to her. That's for dang sure. But uh, there you go. Rhino, rhino, rhino. Round them up, ladies and gentlemen. This one is uh, Senator Rob Portman of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mm, tight-lipped Percy face there. Yep. Uh, this dastardly individual, that would be Senator Jim Risch of, Ohio, of Idaho. Jim Risch of Idaho, right? Yeah, that's who that is. Jim Risch. Jim Risch. Uh, here's another one that everyone knows and just totally loathes. Mittens Romney. Of course, Mitten Romney, Mittens Romney was going to vote with the Democrats. He's just like Suzanne Collins of Maine. Very much so involved in it and uh, definitely, definitely... Uh, Democrat, communist, socialist, parading around as a conservative. And uh, this individual here is uh, Dan Sullivan of Alaska. Senator Sullivan. We also have Tom Tillis, who looks like he just cannot be bothered. He's of North Carolina. Mike Capo. Crap. Actually, his name is Mike Crapo. My bad. I'm not making that up. Mike Crapo <laughs> of Idaho. Evan Kramer. Yep, he looks pretty sick too. That's of North Dakota. And finally, Roger Wicker. Ah, with the soy boy expression of Mississippi, Senator Wicker. Soy boy in it all the way to the infrastructure bill secure passing in the Senate. Those are the people, ladies and gentlemen, who, uh, who voted against the American people and uh, voted for this, uh, this foundational communist Green New Deal uh, coming to, uh, I guess it's coming to the House floor next. Like, uh, the people are like, well, we don't know if it's going to pass the House. Uh, really, do you think it's not going to pass the House? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to pass the House. And then that'll be a lame victory for the Biden administration. Uh, it'll just be more work to have undone once President Trump or the likes is back in office. We'll see what happens. Uh, but again, at least they're exposing themselves and uh, we are cognizant, uh, cognizant enough to call it out and recognize it. Uh, so if any of those senators are in your area, you might want to do something about that. Anyways, guys, so that takes care of that. Um, as far as that goes, now our final story for the evening takes us to this man here. That is one Governor Tim Evers. Did I say that right? Is that his name? No, Tony Evers. I apologize. Tony Evers. Interesting story, Lou, coming out. This is out of Wisconsin, okay? Now, we know that in Wisconsin, Representative Branchen has just issued subpoenas to two counties. Uh, it was a, a Brown County and Milwaukee County in order to get the election audits rolling. And, you know, with as much as these people, uh, as much as our representatives or those who care have been trying to do to bring an election audit to Wisconsin, these, these individuals like Governor Evers, they just don't seem to get it. Like with all of the hubbub that's going on in his state and with the people of Wisconsin about wanting a forensic audit, about wanting election integrity, they are, he, they're so disconnected that they're going to go ahead and move forward with ruining legislation or bills or laws being drafted in order to protect the integrity of our elections. So this Wisconsin governor vetoed several bills that would have restricted mail-in voting, guys. Like, doesn't he get it? 
Is he that disconnected that he doesn't realize what he's doing is to the detriment of his time in office? I mean, especially if we have secure elections moving forward, these people don't stand a chance. Okay. Now, Evers is a Democrat. Of course, he's cast, uh, he cast six measures as overly restrictive and said he was vetoing them. In other words, six different laws, different uh, uh, bills that were going through the Wisconsin Assembly and Senate. He struck down and vetoed them to protect the right of every eligible person to vote. And again, this is over... This is over mail-in voting. God, such a hot topic, right? Now we had Wisconsin Assembly Bill 173 and Wisconsin Senate Bills 203, 204, 205, 212, and 292. Those were the bills that he effectively vetoed. Now this is what the bills would have done. They would have curtailed how much counties could have accepted from private groups to run elections. Uh, Again, this is when we're talking about the Center for Tech and Civic Life. And, you know, the National Stay at Home, Vote at Home Foundation, Zuckerberg and his Zuckerbucks pumping in millions of dollars into these uh, these counties and precincts in order to boost their numbers for progressives and for Democrats while not sharing equally funds with conservative and Republican areas, you know. So he curtailed, he vetoed, he vetoed a bill that would have disallowed counties to accept money from private groups. So he doesn't believe in that. Uh, He also vetoed a bill that would have required county clerks to return absentee ballots with missing information to voters. So in other words, they're not going to sit there and adjudicate it themselves. They need to get full information and they would have to return those ballots in order to do that. He also vetoed a bill that mandated nearly all people voting by mail to request absentee ballots before each election. In other words, not sending out automatic ballots to anyone on the voter rolls. He took care of that one. He vetoed, um, uh, cut the voter identification. Oh, well, he cut the voter identification exemption for indefinitely confined voters and others. Okay. Vetoed a bill that cut the voter identification exemption for indefinitely confined voters, people in jail. Um, He also vetoed a bill that they would have implemented requirements for voting for long-term care facilities so this would have to do with, uh, I guess, uh, standards against, uh, uh, you know, ballot harvesting and that type of thing. A bill that forced municipalities to keep a record of canvassing proceedings for 22 months if the proceedings were broadcast live in an election. So vetoed that bill that uh, required them to hang on to election proceedings for 22 months. He vetoed a bill that restricted the who can deliver an absentee ballot on behalf of another person. You know, and generally speaking, if you have someone who's delivering an absentee ballot, it has to be like an election worker. Um, um, and I think at the most, maybe a family member can. Um, but that's in that's in some states, not in all. So as you can see, Governor Evers is totally opposed to protecting um, the integrity of elections via the mailing absentee system. He's vetoed it. Now, Republicans control both legislative chambers in the state of Wisconsin but they do not have enough members in either chamber to provide override vetoes to uh, what the governor there has done. Overriding vetoes in Wisconsin would require a two-thirds supermajority in the Wisconsin Assembly, as well as the Wisconsin Senate. Very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, it just, I just, it, it baffles me exactly how disconnected this man is from what's going on in his own state, in his own backyard. And you have to wonder, do they not care? Or are they just that arrogant that they can think they'll go ahead and continue to get away with these things? I don't know, guys. I guess that is the case. At least we'll see what happens to Governor Evers moving forward with his elections. I mean, if he should even decide to get reelected. Who knows, guys? Who knows? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up today for The Sea Report. Thank you all for hanging in there and hanging on and enjoying the show. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, it was pretty fun, I would have to say. Uh, um, we started, of course, with the Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium uh, to get that 7 p.m. drop, right? Yeah, I see that pill by the rabbit uh, is getting sick to stomach from the photos of Mittens Romney. Uh, I do too, my friend, whenever I see that face. But yes, uh, thank you all for hanging out today. I believe I've already released the lotto. Yes, the lotto ticket has been released. Um, Deborah Erdman, Aurelius Locke, The Speaking Easy, Philly Q, Pilled by the Rabbit, Seize the Day 9-11, WC Cranoff, a couple of the names I see right off the top of the bat here. Uh, and thank you also for the gold pill donations. The cookies are always delicious. And uh, what are those? What is that? Are those sheep? <laughs> Are those sheep? Hey, Babs, how you doing? Sol Rico, Texas gal, the pleasure is always mine. Uh, and thank you guys for hanging out. 17 Angels, all of you guys there. Belushi, is that you I see in there? Is he still in the room? I thought I saw Belushi. Liz Garcia. Hey, Belushi, I will get, if you're still there, I will get in touch with you. And uh, it would be great to have you over in the siege, uh, uh, over with us. So we'll, we'll do a Mr. C in the dark is what I'm thinking sometime, but I'll inbox you. I'll slide into your DMs, Belushi. All right, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, actually, let me do my scratch off before I head out. And uh, we will be back again tomorrow at uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That is Texas time. And, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what's up with the Cyber Symposium also. Maybe there'll be another great primetime spot for us, right? Like uh, Lindell did today. Uh, it'll be like, be here at 7 p.m. because you never know what we're going to have for you. But uh, we'll see what's up. I, I mean, I found I found the 7 p.m. discourse to be pretty entertaining and also uplifting. Uh, so we'll take it from there, guys. Until then, we'll see you manana. Have a great rest of your evening. Go catch the rest of that cyber symposium. It is covered, guys. And we got plenty of great content creators out there who are sharing that information with you all. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you then. Uh, have a great night and uh, stay safe and be blessed.